Hi everyone, this is Keith from the Bluff Council, or better known to you as Not Everett. You're about to listen to our Kingpin episode. If you want to hear more movie discussions, please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or any place you get podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now, I just watched uh, Truman Show randomly the other night. Such a good movie. Which I hadn't seen. Hadn't seen in a long time. And just Laura Lenny constantly like talking to the invisible cameras. Just was like, I gotta do that all the time now. Yeah. When you have Waterloo, sparkling water. Almost tastes like happiness. Almost. Great. Waterloo sparkling water. Delicious, fresh, and only a little more expensive than LaCroix. Ah, that freshens your palate. Waterloo. I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep saying Waterloo. Yeah, every, no, every keep, we need the sponsorship. You think they'll, they'll Waterloo. call? Waterloo! Drink it! Should we talk about a film? I, I don't know. Do you want to? What do you want to talk about? I guess. <laughs> it's your movie, Keith. It's my movie. It's your movie. This we're, is your, your, your redo. We're the, yes, you're right. This is my new... Don't give me that face. This is my <laughs> new <laughs> number five favorite film of all time. This film, I have loved this film since the day it came out. 1996, Kingpin. From the idiots that brung you dumb and dumber. You wouldn't happen to have a Phillips head screwdriver, would you? He's the man with the rubber hand. Oh, creepy. He's the Amish kid with the golden arm. Whoa. <laughs> Kingpin. It's an amazing film. I this is exactly my cup of tea. To disappoint one of our biggest fans, Richie, who has seen so much growth out of me <laughs> lately <laughs> with the, mm -hmm. the eclectic films I've been commenting on and watching and digesting and just analyzing so well. Yeah. To my credit. <laughs> yeah, truly. This takes me back to, to my childhood. 1996, this film comes out. And I think it is immensely funny and it's always been when people ask me hey what are your some of your favorite films obviously dumber dumber usually ends the conversation and they just leave but if they if they <laughs> yeah, stick yeah. around <laughs> these 20 second conversations that you have with strangers yeah. about films. i don't get to dumber and they're just like oh, I'll, oh, we'll see you later we'll talk no okay yeah. <laughs> but if they stick around kingpin is right there and has always been right there so i'm i'm happy to reassess and include it what, how much do you hate this film? Because I can only imagine that you hate how stupid and unintelligent and not funny and not artsy or whatever you want to say, you pretentious prick. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I hate on Dumb and Dumber so much and all that other stuff. Uh, no, Kingpin is, is totally good. It's very, very funny. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I think it's, uh, I mean, it's just fun to make fun of you for your top 10 favorite films. That, that 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 two Farrelly Brothers movies are in your top five favorite films of all time is is really priceless. But Kingpin itself, as a standalone film, is is good. And I I think it's such an interesting movie because it's it's sort of I don't know it it sort of was like the forgotten entry in some ways comparatively to Dumb and Dumber and There's Something About Mary of like the '90s, the Farrelly Brothers King Kings of Comedy of the of those mid to latter 90s and I feel like Kingpin was never 
I don't know, like Dumb and Dumber was a huge commercial success, and there's something about Mary also was, but was also kind of critically appreciated more. Yeah. Uh, but Kingpin was always sort of like the the stepchild <laughs> that was like, uh, you know, people liked it, but it wasn't either, I think, a big hit, if, I was, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it was a big hit, and it wasn't critically loved. Definitely not critically um, loved. But I, but I think that's a that's a miss because it's it's very funny. There's there's things I, I can I can nitpick and, and I will uh, one one glaring thing that that I would change. But this movie's uh, perfect. It, it, all in all, it's very funny. It's it's a very funny movie. It's such an enjoyable film. That's like you want to nitpick it and comedy and blah blah blah. It's not funny. It's low class, whatever, low brow. But it but it's just a, I just think it's at at, at its worst. It's just enjoyable. Like that's to me the worst yeah. version of this film. If you, I don't think anyone should dislike it. I don't think you should dislike it. What I thought was interesting reading some of the reviews from when it came out is that there were several reviews that mentioned that they thought it was mean spirited, and I thought that that was interesting. Like I, I think I disagree with that generally, but maybe it is sort of it, it's kind of a dark comedy, um, which is different tonally then i mean it's, there's something about mary is kind of dark too but it, but it's it's a little darker like than uh, an overt funny comedy and i think that probably throws people off a little bit it's it's first of all let's i'm going to take a step back who is it mean-spirited to like who who is that in reference to who's taking offense to this film what group amish people is that is that who takes offense no to i this? don't know i don't know if it was you know i didn't read into it in depth but i just saw that in several reviews is like this mean-spirited humor the comedy is mean-spirited where it's like maybe it's uh it's just too insulting i would imagine mostly towards randy quaid because people are i don't know taking advantage of him in some ways but i, I don't know i i disagree like i can't defend something i don't, I don't believe yeah, yeah. no i was just curious if they if there was an outline of who mm -hmm. like what's so mean-spirited about it. You, you're right, it is darker, and that was actually what I was going to say. When I, when I go into my analytical mode that fans just flock to, they love when I break mm. down and dissect comedy to, to the nth degree. They, they, they love it. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I think, where, why I think this film is... Yep, right. Get a get a pad. Yep, classes in session. <laughs> <laughs> Why I think this film is so funny, I, I was going to say, because of the setup, I really think this film works so well comedically. Because of those dark undertones that the film sets out on the onslaught of the film, when it begins, you, you're quickly immersed into like, uh, this guy's gifted. And then every, all of that is stripped away from him in a, in a really horrific way. The, the, the setup to this film, like I think most great comedy films are, it's a dramatic premise. And the comedy comes from that genuine, real, organic story. Like authentic, organic may not be the right way to say it, but, but authentic story. You could, again, just like Dumb and Dumber, could play it as, a dra as drama. You know, a guy gets mm -hmm. his hand cut off from a gambling thing. Like these are... It's a real strong, dramatic premise. But they establish everything you need to know about this film this, and these characters. They develop character and story really, really quickly and really, really efficiently. And I think the comedy 
would be worse if you if you lose all that stuff. Like, and I think most oh, for a, sure a cheaper you know comedic film would be like, oh, let's just get to the funny stuff where Randy Quaid doesn't know what he's doing and this fish out of water story. And and yeah. that's where it loses. That, that's I think the difference between a really intelligent comedy and just a, something that's just trying to grab some cheap laughs is that darkness that we're talking about. Balling for money. It's my only vice. Here's your drink. Oh, thanks, sugar. No, I agree with that. I think uh, I thought a lot about that. Uh, I don't want to give you any credit ever, but just the your <laughs> you talking about that has has made me watch comedies maybe a little differently. And I thought that a lot in this film as I watched it. Uh, I, I noticed. Uh, I think it's it was a, it's a huge it's a hugely successful decision to kind of separate some characters from the really overt comedy. Like, uh, in the early scenes, Woody Harrelson's father is not ever played for laughs. Like, he's played almost as, like, a cute, like, family film character. Yeah. Uh, that's, like, he's very genuine. And it's, you know, there's chuckles here and there, like, when little Woody jumps over the fence and falls and, and shit like that, which is very funny. <laughs> but, like, he's not, uh, I think, a, a, a lesser film would play him for last two. Like, how can we make the dad say a couple punchlines? Yeah. How can we... But that never happens. Uh, so that, it gives it more weight. And there's real dread. You know, like, I watched this movie a bunch of times over my life, so I, nothing new. But just on this recent rewatching, there's real dread when you know, when you remember that he's going to get his hand stuck in that machine. Yeah. And, like, I was watching it with Monique, and, and she was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, she remembers, too. It's like, oh, this scene sucks. Like, this scene is heavy. Not sucks, you know, but it just it sucks yeah, yeah, in a yeah. feeling way. In a feeling way, yeah. Like, and so that, like, to your point, the, the strength of the comedy, I think, comes from, there's, like, real stakes. There's real emotion here, even if it's just, you know, sprinkled in throughout. You you really are like, god damn, this, this guy goes on a journey. Yeah. And that is, it's really important for the, to build the comedy off of that. The comedy films done right, still have a heart to their story, still have a purpose to their story. Without that beginning stuff and, 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 and those dramatic moments, when, when he is bowling, when he's, when he's on, the, on the rise and cleaning his act up and, and everyone leaves him, like, it, that, there's, some, there's some heft to that. Again, it's not Schindler's List. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's that deep, but it's, but it, that uh, uh, emotional sincerity is so important to comedy, I think. And, and this film, and the Fairley Brothers, I think, do it on par with any other comedic filmmakers. I would put them on par did with it. a Judd Apatow. Past tense. Past tense. They're coming they did back. It better. They're coming back. <laughs> are, are they? They're coming back. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, but their body of work, the, with the, his, the history of all of their films, I think, encomp encompass this heart. Those three films that they made in, in the 90s are, are three of the best comedies uh, kind of in history, they, right? I mean, I, I would think so. Those three, these three films, Something About Mary, Kingpin, and Dumb and Dumber. Like top think, 50. Top 50 comedies of all time. Yeah. So if you do, if you, if you got three of the top 50, I don't care what you do. I, don't, I, I honestly don't, like, you're yeah. cemented, in my opinion, with how difficult comedy is to make. Yeah. You're going to say you're going to have three all-time greats, like, yeah, it's amazing. So they win. The, 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 you, you guys win forever. You can make plenty of shallow howls. <laughs> oh, God, shallow howl. 
Sorry. What was it? Me, myself, and Irene. That one was like okay. That was pretty. That good. was like the okay one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they've yeah. they've had some some not so great. They lost ones it. as well. <laughs> Besides the story and the heart and the emotion. I mean, what are, what are things that you remember? Like, what's the first stuff that you remember when you think of Kingpin? I think one of the funniest lines in the history of cinema I, is in this film. And I think what drew me to, co- like, what, like, what was like, this, I want to do this, is in this film. Because I related to it so much at such a young age. And no one's going to find this, but maybe not no one. But when I tell you- I feel what, like I know what you're going to say. Do you know what line it is? I don't know. It's not one of the main characters? Nope. How's life? Taking forever? Yep. <laughs> hey, Herb, how's life? Taking forever. That line, the first time I heard it, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Like, I know it doesn't sound that complex, but, like, it blew young Keith's mind. Take him for it, because he, he, that old and man. And shaped is... your emotional direction for the rest of your life. I said, this is the tonality I want, it, I want all my films to be. I want, I want every, the tone of every film to embody that line. How's life? Take him forever. <laughs> the guy's hooked up to an oxygen tank. He's just waiting for yeah. death. Smoking. Smoking a cigarette, waiting for his life to end. And that I, I, I couldn't say no to this film from that moment on. I, I just couldn't. I love that line. So much, because you get so much from two lines of dialogue. It's a, it's a, it's a hilarious line, and that is a great. The, the, I think there's a lot in there's a lot of lines like this that in this movie that aren't even necessarily the really overtly funny things that are just kind of slipped in. Like I really love when when I was it. I think it's Randy Quaid who a, who asks. What you doing in there, Mr. Munson? Barfin. Barfin. Where do I keep getting Munson from? And just that, like, just, like it's just very matter of fact, very funny. Um, I think for me and most people, the first thing that they remember when they think of this film is, <laughs> I think that that is the most memorable image. Uh, image. Of I mean, that's implanted. That gets implanted. In that your head. never. That that's, never leaves. Uh, yeah. Whether you hate this film, you love this film, doesn't matter. It's here <laughs> forever. It stays with you. <laughs> but she's also in Dumb and Dumber. Uh, she's Mrs. Nudie Nudieberg or whatever. Nudieborn. Nope. Nope. Nudieborn. And in uh, and in uh, there's something about Mary. The actress's yes. name is Lynn Shay. Yeah. Very talented she's, comedic actress. I, I, she's uh, she's in a lot of their films. Yeah, I, and I like that. Some people may not like, but I like the consistency of of a cast of characters. Mel Brooks did all that. Like uh, there was so many familiar faces on Mel Brooks films. Go ahead, argue it. But I I like that from comedic uh, from someone you're going to expect. Oh, this is a good comedy film. I, this got this comedic team in it. I, I like I like that. Seth Rogen. Does I agree that. with that completely. I agree with that completely. But the difference is. Mel Brooks used uh, really talented people, <laughs> and that is one of my that's one of my nitpicks of, of this movie uh, is it's not Lynn Shay because Lynn Shay is very funny, um, and she and she's committed to all of her roles, which which ha- which you have to be in a comedy. About. Yeah, yeah. So she's great, but the 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 three or four guys that the Fairley brothers just always put in their movies, they're very they're mostly very small roles in in Kingpin. 
But uh, like, I respect that as a film, as filmmakers ourselves. I love, uh, uh, I love that, and I always want to put my friends in in whatever projects I do, however big it gets. And you have a little theme. You do this yourself. You very kindly put me in, all, in just about yeah, everything. That's why, that, I... except for that last trash film that didn't have me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you chose uh, not to. So I love that. You didn't want to come. COVID chose, you son of a bitch, make a film in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I'm a trailblazer, (laughs) goddamn. So I love that. But the the Fairly Brothers guys, most notably Brother Thomas, that that, that young man shows up in a lot of films. And then even more notably, the the villain the villain in this movie that's what i thought you were gonna say with the with the mascara and the eyeshadow whatever like that guy he's just not a good actor and i I don't mean to be mean to him but you know there's a reason his career didn't do much outside of the Farrelly brothers like he's 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 just not very good (laughs) and so i i wish that they would because that that could have been a really funny character too in, in a small way but that guy's really just he's like uh he's a little bit like charles rocket in dumb and dumber the, the villain. Just, just dialed up. I'd say he's almost better. He's better than... You, I never really thought about it until you forced me to think about how poor his performance really is in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. And I hate to admit it. I hate to admit flaws in that film. But I, I don't think he's that bad because I don't think he, he outkicks his coverage. Like, I don't think he... I don't think he tries to do too much, per- personally. I don't think he... There's nowhere he's not really hamming it up for the sake of hamming it up, where I think you can point to a handful of times where Charles Rocket is like, don't forget your dinner plates on the left! Like, there's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like why you do, there's no need for that. Like, you're yeah. just... Why did you drink three Red Bulls before every take, Charles <laughs> yeah. Rocket? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, maybe, maybe. That's, they're pretty similar level in my mind, but Charles Rocket, yeah, he might be a little bit more so. But that, that would just be one minor quibble, where it's like, okay, I'm glad, you know, Get your friends in there, but maybe just cameos, not 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 uh, important performances. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind for my next film. Yeah, I am by far the best actor you've got in your roster. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you do that at your own peril. <laughs> just yeah. kidding, everybody who are, is my friends. <laughs> yeah, well, we you, you guys all do great too. They all hate you now. Do you think the film is better for him not being in it? Absolutely. I think that the fact that Everett's not here makes everyone better. Everett, as always, go f*** yourself, my friend. You ready for my big one? Oh, you have a big criticism? Yeah. Well, all right, yeah, then let's, we're gonna argue about it. I don't, I don't know how much we will. I'll be curious what you think. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna get you here. I'm gonna wear you down. This is gonna be like one of those arguments where I just keep hammering you and you'll just be like, you're right, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that. Okay. I, 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 I love so much about this movie. I, I, the thing that always, Turn, always, always, always turned me off a little bit. Even when I was a kid, even when I first saw it, is I think that Randy Quaid is miscast. And I think that almost anyone but Randy Quaid uh, should be playing this part, and that would make the film a lot better. Before I answer that, quick trivia question. Do you know who was one of the original people that was going to be cast for, for this film. You know how there's like early suggestions. Mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know how far along it got, but do you know one of the early? I saw Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Now, which, uh, boy, do I want to see that film. Do you, how do you feel about that before I go into the, my defense of Randy Quaid? 
In only this manner, well, by the way. <laughs> In only yeah, this yeah. very right. specific. Let me defend Randy Quaid as a person <laughs> and uh, as a patriot. China will own us. Uh, <laughs> Just this very unique, specific defense. Uh, I like it because I literally want almost anyone but Randy Quaid in this role. So g g give me one of the better comedic talents of the last 30 years. That's awesome. It would obviously be a very different film. Uh, Chris Farley's so physical and, and, and loud, but I also think that Chris Farley, uh, even in contrast a little bit to Belushi, who we talked about in the Ghostbusters episode, Chris Farley had some range and could play really sweet and, and naive. And if you go back and watch a film, everybody's favorite, Beverly Hills Ninja. I mean, Chris Farley plays that, that fish out of water, naivete, very sweet boy, uh, very well. Yeah. And, I, and so as I pictured that, I thought Chris Farley would probably do a really great job here. Um, and certainly better than Randy Quaid. It's not even that Randy Quaid gives a bad performance i just don't like his look and i don't like his 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 presence i just think it's kind of a miss and maybe that's because woody and and bill murray are doing such great things around him but he's just awkward to me the hair the, the wig is bad like i just don't like looking at his character and there's nothing endearing there's nothing endearing to me about him and that role needs to be really endearing like a Chris Farley or someone like I think Jim Carrey could have obviously played that role super well, uh, and I think the film would be much better. I don't think it would be much better. I hear what you're saying. I want to give you no credit, but I hear what you're. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I, I don't. I don't agree. I think you're. I think that's just how you feel about Randy Quaid. To say that he's miscast, I think, is, is incorrect. This seems like a very, I don't want to say typical, but in his wheelhouse, he is zany. He's going to do crazy things, and this character does. It, you, I don't know that he's that zany. Is he that zany in this movie? Every comedic role, well, I mean, he gets a tattoo of a, he works at a strip club, like as a stripper at some point. Like, he gets a tattoo of a naked woman. That's probably the best he looks in this whole movie, to be honest. <laughs> he gets a big <laughs> tattoo of a very large-breasted woman on his back after he's like, oh, no, I shouldn't defile my body, and, like, turns around, and it's like, Brr. Like... I know, but that's not like a... That's not his... His performance isn't zany in that moment. That's a, that's a gag. That's but zany. he's... But he does crazy things. Like, throughout the whole film, he does... I, you're, you're right. It could be... The core, the, what makes this character the best is what you're defining. And those moments are more few and far between because of what Randy Quaid brings to the role, I think, which is a little bit more outward and not the nuance of a, of a sincere person sort of on the inside. Like he doesn't, I don't think that's what his talent is. I think his talent is more outward, Uncle Eddie type, crazy, co Uncle Eddie? Cousin Eddie. I don't know. Cousin, 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 yeah. He, he's more that type. Oh, yeah, he's, he's kind of like, <laughs> I don't, Unlike you, I don't much care for Randy Quaid. I'm not his biggest fan, like you are. But uh, <laughs> I'm not a, <laughs> on, a, on a personal on a personal and political level. Is, but uh, uh, Jesus, I just so I'm not as worried about insulting him. But I just think like he's kind of gross and he's kind of creepy and he's not. But like, are you saying that he's because not a, of... he's not a handsome or endearing man? Per sure, se. he's not handsome. So cousin Eddie, 
Cousin Eddie is a great role for him because Cousin Eddie's a creep and is weird. And, and Cousin Eddie's performance, particularly in Christmas Vacation, uh, the, uh, Randy Quaid's performance is fucking timeless. Like, that is really great yeah. stuff. And, and Randy Quaid has had a very successful dramatic career outside of these comedies. I only but know this him for role comedies. in particular. <laughs> I know, me too. It's so weird. I, he was like an actor for 15 years of, <laughs> throughout the 70s and 80s making like Academy Award nominated dramas that I haven't seen any of. No, I, only, um, I know Caddyshack. <laughs> I know uh, Christmas Vacation. I know Kingpin. Yeah, I know it's the vacation not movies another team and movie. For me. I know and Independence Day. Yeah, you know he showed up in that. So like, but those are the roles I can see him in. Long-winded way of saying like this role needs to be very sweet and relatable and and like uh, virginal. Yeah, you know. And I just yes. you you just look at him like I almost want someone to be a little younger. He's this tall, awkward, like hook-nosed lanky presence with this shitty kind of creepy wig and i just don't want that i want like a sweet little boy that's like and then that makes it funnier if you had chris farley as this sweet little uh cherubic boy who then is is dancing and jiggling around on the stage like that that would be a lot better that would be a lot better just say it keith you know what you're right <laughs> and i i don't like it i don't like how you predicted the end of this i don't like that yeah i get you i get but, you but you're yeah it, it, I can't dis- I want to. Lord knows I want to. I can't disagree. <laughs> I think the essence of that character, you are hitting the, the nail on the head of, of why this character is a funny character and a dynamic character. And, and you're right. He doesn't, like, he, Randy Quaid does a Randy Quaid version of that, which, which someone could have nailed it 100%. I'm not unhappy with what he did with the result. I'll take the result because I love the film. I think it's wildly yeah. funny. And I think he's a, he is a nice third piece. Even fourth piece. I like Vanessa Angel as well. You know, he's a good, you know, C, B, or C in terms of talent. But everything you're saying is, is correct. And if we had a Chris Farley who would embody all of those things you're talking about better than Randy Quaid, you're right. You're, you're right. I would probably like it even more. It might be now, a, you know, next to Dumb and Dumb, it'll be one and two. I like it a lot. Do you have some, obviously no specific order or whatever, because I'm putting you on the spot here, but in terms of comedic performances, in terms of mm-hmm. co- comedic performances, do you have some, some ones that come to mind where you're like, wow, this is, this is one of the funniest performances comedically I've ever seen? Do you have a- any sort of base for that? Off the top of my head, I, I think of both the leads in The Big Lebowski, Jeff Bridges and John Goodman, I think those are two of the funniest, best characters and performances ever. Um, I think Eddie Murphy in Trading Places specifically, um, I think he's really good, really, really good in that. And then after just our conversations, I'm inclined to think of Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. And I think those are the four that pop up immediately on my, on my radar. I think Big Earn McCracken is the best character ever. I, I think the, I, that's Bill Murray's best role. I don't care about Lost in Translation. I don't care about, <laughs> about any other film ever. I, I, think, I think that's his best role. I think it's one of the funniest roles and I think one of the best characters ever. The, to play that, I, I think people emulate there's so many other films that I think try to emulate what Bigger McCracken is. 
Bill Murray is the perfect person to play that role, and, and he crushes it. Claudia? You two know each other? It's a small world when you've got unbelievable tits, right? Bill Murray's hair alone, just his hair, not even the rest of him, like his hair, the epic arc of his hair is a joke in itself. It's, it's so yeah. funny. I love it. Tell me I'm wrong. Can't, can't do it. Won't do it. Good. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think, I think it, Big Earn should be considered right there with the Mount Rushmore of, of hilarious characters. I think that that's that's the most you know the most instantaneous thing is that. Uh, <laughs> but the most memorable thing about this film is Bill Murray's performance, um, and he's he's just he's just batting a thousand the whole time. The whole it's, time. It's hilarious to watch. Uh, I, I I know why he's not, and, and maybe he would overstay his welcome. Maybe, but I doubt it. But I wish he was in the whole movie. I wish the whole movie was about Big Earn. Let's do a spinoff <laughs> a, where it just follows just a Big Earn story. <laughs> yeah, he's so good and so slimy and uh, and so wonderful. And I'm just so glad he did this movie. Why don't you go eat that outside and then come on back in? Hi. Not you. Hi. Hi. I, I'll give you one question though, because you bring up his hair, which is fucking hilarious. It's... And when he's really going crazy and it's off to the side and it's all that, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I noticed in this one that they kind of do that with Woody's hair in, in that same scene, and I wish they didn't. I wish that was just exclusively Ernie's gag. Yeah. I know maybe they're trying to make fun of just bowlers in general, poke a little fun at just these these round bellied haggard dudes it's kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes but just let's let's keep it with with bill murray i don't i don't disagree the because they <clears throat> set that up i mean this is the subtlety here we go get ready the subtlety of of this comedic talent in the first scene where he loses his hand one of the first lines bill murray has is you're going to pick up that 710 split the same day i'm going to start looting my hair starts falling out yeah this is the, there's an arc to his fucking hair. Like, th that yeah. is not bullshit. Like, there is a legitimate story within of a, of a comedic joke that, 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 that his hair embodies. And you're right, they, they should have just, he does have reminiscent, you know, his hair does have the comb over and things like that. But I think they get caught up in trying to make Woody Harrelson's life look like shit, like, because he's down on his luck. Yeah. So they, they, it sort of just cross-pollinates a little bit. It's, I just think it's genius. I, I, I think there's an element of genius to, to a lot of these jokes that people don't give it credit for. It's a tough world. These kids nearly got munsoned, but they're back now. Completely. His commitment to that character is, is phenomenal from top to bottom. Yeah. Just, it's just the, the, the juxtaposition of someone who clearly thinks that they're so cool and, as, and, and, and he, he, his facade comes down and he's just so energetic and pumping his hips <laughs> and the hair is just like blowing wider and wider. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> It's, 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 it's better than, but it's, it's similar in energy to almost like Shooter McGavin, yes. where at the end when Shooter McGavin really goes crazy, yeah. and, and, and that's why, uh, what is his name, Christopher McDonald's performance of Shooter McGavin, I think, is up there, because it's, it's up there too. fucking amazing. Yeah, that's a phenomenal uh, But it's like, because you watch him inside his brain, like when he goes, ah, shoot him, <laughs> like, like he's really insecure and it's really yeah, bubbling it's up, up over like yeah fuck you all like you know he's really having a breakdown in yeah, there yeah. and that makes for the funniest stuff yeah. so it's 
It's awesome. I'll give you another piece of uh, trivia. You know his three his three strikes. Bill Murray's uh, spoilers. <laughs> Bill Murray <laughs> hits three strikes to beat uh, Woody Harrelson's character. That they did that one time, and he actually bowled three strikes. No way. Yeah, Bill Murray is actually a pretty try? good athlete. Like he, he loves, I think he just loves sports in general and he's like not a terrible athlete. And from what mm-hmm. I read, you know, it was a long day of shooting and they're like, all right, we're gonna, we're like, Bill, we gotta get the, they had a whole crowd there, like, you know, do a little something, kind of get the crowd going or whatever. And they let him, and they're like, all right, we're just gonna pull it, like we have strings that are gonna pull it. And they just let him go. And he did that whole thing and he, three, one, <laughs> one more time for me sweetness, I say that every day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> one more time for me sweetness. <laughs> And he bowled three <laughs> strikes, and the and that reaction from everybody is real. This is a real moment where he you where you can't believe he just bowled three strikes. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I did notice that there was a lot of real bowling going on, uh, a lot with Bill Murray because I was like, oh, waiting to like, you see it from the back, and then I wait to see the cut, and it doesn't cut, and he just turns around. I'm like, oh, that that's pretty cool. Yeah, one of my favorite gags, especially when I was uh, 14 and saw this movie is uh, we don't have a cow, we have a bull. <laughs> I would say that's the most popular line. I think if anyone remembers anything, this, uh, and that line, I think of the top two, because I remember that from the trailer. That's just insanely mm-hmm. funny. I just remember that blowing my mind as well. Yeah. We have a, we have a bull, like... though. <laughs> I brush my teeth. I like to talk about the end of films uh, always, and this film, I think, is no different where it's, 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 it's not a clear-cut victory. You know, the guy you're rooting for loses. And I love that. I, I love that there is, there's real cause and effect. There, it just makes the things that do happen have more weight, like Randy Quaid getting the money to save his farm becomes the real victory for this film, you know, for the audience. Like, oh, mm-hmm. great, that's the honest part of the film. You know. Munson doesn't win, but he wins enough. It's a little bittersweet. Like, the Fairley Brothers do that all the time in their films, and this film, I think, executes, sticks the landing of this film very, very well from a film standpoint. Like, stupid comedies just, oh, everyone wins and everything's fine and, and what we wanted to happen happened, and it's good, good movies, period. Comedies, dramas, whatever. Sci-fi, doesn't matter have some stakes, have some emotional weight to things, and not everything's neat and tidy. And in this film, not everything's neat and tidy. Yeah, 1995, Vanessa Angel is, a, is not a bad consolation prize when you look like uh, Roy Munson. <laughs> I, think, I think he came out, he came out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but no, I agree. I, I, I'm always surprised that he loses at the end. I always expect him to win. Yeah. And so every time I watch it, I'm like, oh shit, yeah, he doesn't win. And that's, that's crazy. Um, but that, yeah, it makes for a better film, I would say. Vanessa Angel, just an interesting person, <laughs> an interesting story, you know, like I, I tried to, cause I remember her from this movie and I try to remember like, oh, what else was she in? She had such a familiar face. Um, and I just think she was probably, you know, in a lot of commercials and stuff cause she was a model. I also... I didn't know, I didn't look this up, so this, we might cut this if this sounds really uh, shitty, judgmental, chauvinist, but she seems a little more age-appropriate to this film 
than maybe would be typical where she's not some like 18 year old. Like she looks like she's in her thirties. Like she's a beautiful woman, but she looks like a grown woman. Uh, and I think that that's rare in these types of movies. Even uh, my girlfriend pointed out, was like, oh, it's nice that she's like an age appropriate woman for these guys. Um, and then I was surprised when I looked up her, her filmography that there wasn't much there's else, much. you know, like she, 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 she's been working for 30 years. So she's probably like, fuck you. There's not much else. But I mean, like, you know, this was the biggest. Um, yeah. This, and I, she was I, in I Weird Science, weird. the TV show, right? That, that's mm. the only other thing I think I can name of hers off the top of my head. I thought she was the, the original choice for Xena Warrior Princess, but had to drop out because she got sick. So that's a, that's a bummer for, for her. Yeah, that was a but, big hit. Yeah, strange, because I think she does a pretty good job. Like, she's, uh, she's totally solid um, and, and is, is good. So I, I, I'm surprised she didn't have, like, a bigger career after this. Likewise. Likewise. I thought she does a really good job. You never know what happens in people's lives. You never know where, where journeys take people and how much of it is their own doing. You know, people kind of yeah. not getting a role or two that you think you're qualified for. Maybe, you know, Hollywood being dirty as always and just stepping away and saying, fuck it. You don't know. Yeah, you got to run off to uh, Africa. I get it. Yeah, see the old Dave Chappelle. Yeah, pull, a, pull <laughs> you see, a You see behind that curtain, you might not like what you see. You got to get the yeah. fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> Yeah. I can't wait to see behind that curtain. I'm going to jump back there, take my shirt off. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, demons. <laughs> Miss me? You ever seen anything like this, baby? <laughs> I, I, to, yeah. to bring it full circle, I, am, I really am surprised, the more that I think about it, why this isn't a higher regarded comedic film. I, I'm not sure. I, I think... Th- as again, I'm talking it out with you right now. I, it's probably a victim of the success around it. You're, I feel like you alluded to it earlier. Because of something about Mary and because of Dumb and Dumber, you know, those are such iconic films that this kind of gets just lost in the, you know, in the wayside a little bit. And I think that's unfair. You should go watch this film again and just laugh your head off. It's phenomenal. I agree. I always, I always appreciated it much more uh, as an adult, like as I got older, when I watched it as a kid, I thought, oh, this is funny. There's some really funny parts. But I think because it's kind of darker and, uh, and just certain elements to it, Randy Quaid, obviously, does, <laughs> I'm not personally attracted to, so I don't like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, as I got older, I, I saw a lot more, whoops, I lose you. Can you hear me? Closing thoughts? Any, any, anything else you want to say to the people out there while we have them? 